Welcome to the Eagles Live podcast as the Eagles get ready to kick off the 2018 NFL season on Thursday night at Lincoln Financial Field. Hello everybody, I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro, and yes, it's finally here. The season is not only upon us, it's staring us right in the face. We have so much to get to in this Eagles Live podcast. We're chock full of information as the Eagles prepare for an incredible Thursday night that will feature the unveiling of the Super Bowl championship banner and then the start to the NFL regular season against a team they defeated in the NFC Divisional Playoff round in January. We'll go inside the locker room to talk to the players as they get ready for an emotional night. We'll hear from Howie Roseman on the State of the Eagles roster as the team reached the 53-man limit, and we'll get the latest from the Falcons, a team with high aspirations for the season ahead. First, we're going to talk with head coach Doug Peterson about the Falcons, and most important, getting his team right for the short week and the opener. Doug, first game, it's quite an honor, obviously, to start on a Thursday night. What do you imagine that day is going to be like? I mean, how will you keep players a night game, long day, keep them really focused on this game? Yeah, that's the biggest challenge. It is a long day, and guys are going to be amped up, I believe. And so being able to control the emotion of the atmosphere and the type of playoff atmosphere that this is going to be is the key. We don't want to expound or expand all that energy early in the day, and we want to be able to save it and bottle it up for the game. So, you know, how we approach that day is going to be critical on how we start this football game. Never been part of a Thursday night, right? Opener? They didn't do that back in the 90s. We didn't do it back then, so this is the first time I've had a chance to open up on Thursday. Very cool. Let's talk about the RPO thing, and you know, defensive coordinators have spent the entire offseason figuring out in this chess match how to defend it. Is there a general way you think they're going to attack the RPO, and then what's the counter move? Yeah, we have an idea on how teams will try to scheme it, and that's great because it allows us to study it and then to make adjustments ourselves. So we've just got to continue to stay ahead of the game there. It's very relatively simple design of the play, but at the same time, it can be very effective and used in the right situation so you know as a play caller i gotta make sure i dial it up at the right time but also our execution of those plays it to me it's an extension of the run game and our guys you know obviously executed them well last year you know new season so we got to continue that streak yeah new season and some new pieces with dallas and with darren coming back will the offense be different from an X's and O standpoint in some degree? Not really. I mean, there's not a big wholesale change with the offense. You know, it's good when guys execute. And again, it goes back to, you know, trusting players and having that collaborative communication with the quarterbacks, obviously with the coaching staff, putting great game plans together with Mike and just going out and practicing each day. How good are the Atlanta Falcons? That's a good football team. You know, a good football team. They're coming off, uh, you know, obviously two years ago, Super Bowl, and then playoffs last year. I mean, it's a playoff caliber team, and they're returning a lot of starters, obviously, on both sides of the ball. And, you know, our work is cut out for us. Um, we're fortunate it's a home game in front of our crowd. It's going to be electric, and I'm uh, looking forward to the challenge. Thanks, Doug. Thank you, Dave. The question of who is starting at quarterback has been answered, and it's really not a surprise at all. Nick Foles gets the call, with Carson Wentz still not cleared for contact. Foles faces a fast and aggressive Atlanta defense that, says center Jason Kelsey, excels in doing the simple things very well. With that in mind, the Eagles must be prepared for some new looks in the opener. I think that they're a defense that's going to do what they do. That's just the way these guys are. They have an MO that they've stuck to, these coaches, this whole group of guys from, I think it started in Seattle, where it's kind of trickled out now. But they're going to have their new wrinkles. They're going to have their new things. Not only is this the first game of the year, so you're going to see that no matter who you play. But obviously, you know, because this was a huge game last year, we got the better than last year in the playoffs. They're going to have some things dialed up to try and slow us down. That's just the way it goes. Foles struggled in the preseason, as did the entire offense, but as Kelsey says, that burden wasn't just on the quarterback. The entire group didn't play well, and that must change this week. I think that's a culmination of a lot of things. I think, first of all, 
In my opinion, Nick Foles functions better when his offensive line's functioning better. When we give Nick Foles time to feel comfortable, sit back there and make throws, he plays better. And uh, quite frankly, I don't think as an offensive line, we've done a great job of making him feel comfortable in the preseason games. And I think that as long as we're able to do that this week, as long as we're able to make him feel confident and be able to go through his progressions and go through his reads, Nick has proven that he can go back there and be a good quarterback. Offensive coordinator Mike Groh has full trust in Foles, the quarterback, until further notice. Well, we obviously love the fact that Nick Foles is here, and you know he's been our starting quarterback since Carson went down with the injury, and uh, we've had a lot of success with Nick. So we've got a lot of confidence and, and faith in, in Nick and the way that he's going to play and the way the guys are going to play with him. I've got uh, really very positive feelings about Nick and the way that he's played. I can only relate it to my experience and being with him on the same team as Nick is on, and a lot of confidence in Nick and the way that he studies and prepares himself to play and to play at a high level, and then certainly the way that he played last January and even before that in December to go in in those circumstances in Los Angeles and to lead us to victory there in the second half of that game, go up to New York under difficult circumstances and rally the team there and throw four touchdown passes. So we're very fortunate to have Nick Foles on this team. They have a very specific style of defense that they like to play and have had a ton of success with it. They got really good players, a lot of team speed, and they can put pressure on the quarterback. So we certainly have a challenge. I think that remains to be seen a little bit, but we feel uh, like we've got a lot of weapons on our offense. Uh, Zach, Nelson, Darren Sproles, uh, added Dallas Goddard in the draft and anxious to see him play on Thursday night and Mike Wallace and you know our running backs Corey Clement and guys like that have done a lot in the passing game in the past for us so we still feel like we have a lot of weapons that they got to account for. Well we kind of expected it but it didn't become officially officially official until just a couple of days before the Eagles game here against the Falcons. Doug Peterson Eagles head coach announcing that yes Nick Foles will be the starter against the Falcons. Foles met the media on Tuesday and talked about the excitement of opening the 2018 season under center. I feel great. I feel great. You know, we've prepared a little bit as a team, you know, last week, just studying film of Atlanta, obviously a tremendous team, getting into a new season. And then uh, this week, I think that, you know, we've done a great job out there, you know, with our game plan, preparation, film work. It's going to be a great battle Thursday night, but I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, you hear a lot of sayings from players. You always prepare as a starter. It is different when you are the starter, but I've had a lot of experiences, especially this last season. So I think it, you know, I was fortunate that, you know, I was here last year, understanding the offense. Obviously, the offense evolves. You bring in new players, coaches change, but I had a great foundation set. So I was just working on expanding that foundation and I'm in that just being prepared for whatever. You know, I think we've had a great week of practice with the guys. You know, obviously we have new personnel, some guys that set out a little bit during training camp, but I think all in all, I feel really good where we're at. I feel like, you know, we finished up our last practice of the week really today. And, uh, you know, I thought guys were out there grinding, giving everything they had. You know, the attention, the detail was great. That's what matters. I think just the more I play, just getting a rhythm, getting a feel, you know, having a great work week with the game plan, clean game plan and stuff that, you know, I feel comfortable with having a lot of, you know, talks with the coaches where we build it around me and the personnel and what we're doing, understanding the game plan. And then as I grow as a player, and I, you know, get older, I see different things. I, you know, deal with the emotions of the game because it's not just like we go out there and play and it's all said and done. I mean, it's an emotional game, you know, good, bad, whatever it may be. So for me, just going out there, just continuing to play and find through good games and bad games. It sure would help the offense to have a balanced attack and a running game that the Eagles can rely upon. That's the goal for the offense. And with that in mind, running back Jay Ajayi reported at training camp in the best shape of his life, expecting to be the go-to back in the ground attack. 
He had a fantastic summer until a lower body injury kept him sidelined the last couple of weeks. Ajayi has recovered from a foot injury, but how much can he produce in week one? How sharp can he be right off the bat? Ajayi is looking forward to playing his part in the offense. I'm ready, you know, it's exciting. Um, first game of the season, kickoff, we get to start fresh our new campaign and um, new team. So it's just exciting to get back as a team, you know, uh, get this thing rolling. What makes you think the offense can start off where it left last year? You know, uh, I think it's not about thinking about last year. I think right now it's about, you know, the team we have now. You know, we have a new roster, new offensive guys that are in the mix now. Some guys not playing, some guys are. So it's just about us coming together as this new team and, um, you know, just executing out there. For sure, we've got some guys, you know, that's been banged up here and there. Um, I think that as a professional, you always have to be ready. And so that comes down to preparation, taking care of the stuff that you need to do to make sure you're ready for Thursday, you know. And so for me, it's just doing those things to get myself ready to play. Yeah, you had been in such great shape talking about offseason and how you prepared. Do you feel you can get right back into that level in game one? Well, do you think it'll take some time? I think it might take a little bit of time just being truthful and realistic. But the goal is obviously, yeah, to get back to that point. You know, obviously not practicing, that's not ideal, but just got to get myself ready to play in the game and, you know, continue to get myself back to where I need to be. It was good that, you know, they had a great plan for me leading into this offseason and then coming in for the season. And so just been staying on top of that. You know, obviously the new injury was something that came up, but, you know, you just got to roll with the punches and stay on top of, you know, what the trainers and uh, everyone else asks you to do. And um, that's just what I've been doing. Jay, how do you think the emotion of Thursday night, how do you think that'll go? What do you anticipate feeling with everything going on around the game? I think it'll be a crazy atmosphere. You know, obviously it's going to be the kickoff. It'll be energy coming from the stadium, coming from guys on the team, being the first game, playing um, on both sides. So I think the first two quarters is going to be pretty electric. Um, I think personally it's going to come down to those last two quarters, third and fourth, after all the craziness is come down and it's going to come down to just being able to sustain conditioning, execution, the team that's able to do that through the second half, I think. Another running back veteran, Darren Sproles, returns to the lineup after suffering a torn ACL and a broken arm in week three of last season. Sproles has said that this will be his final season in the NFL, and he's as excited as a rookie right now to get it rolling. Just what role might Sproles play? He's a bit of an X factor in this one and in this offense. The Eagles have a lot of weapons and options. Here is some one-on-one time with running back and return man, Darren Sproles. How the offense, do you feel, can come out in sync? What do you need to do between now and then to really feel like Thursday night you come out firing? We just have to come out. Just be us. Just be us. We got the same guys back. We have to come out just be us. Do you feel like that's going to happen? Yeah, I do. We've been practicing hard. I feel like we'll be fine. How excited are you to get out on the field again? I'm actually very excited. I had to work um, like really hard to get back. I'm glad I had to get back out there with my guys. Is the role going to be the same for you? Do you feel like you're going to move around the formation and they're going to look for you to, to create a lot of matchups? We're going to see. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Darren. All right, thank you. I'm defensive end Brandon Graham of the Philadelphia Eagles, and you're listening to the Eagles Live podcast with Dave Spadero. He is being hit and sacked him back at the 48. This time it is Brandon Graham. 
That's a look at the offense, although later in the show, we're going to talk to a long shot who made the 53-man roster after a three-year roller coaster that included 15 transactions and no payoff until now. Before that, let's turn our attention to the Eagles' defense and the challenge of playing the Falcons, a team the Eagles handled very well in the playoffs last year. But the Falcons have added some pieces along the offensive line, as well as wide receiver, where first-round draft pick Calvin Ridley is part of an explosive passing game. Eagles defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz knows his group has its hands full. Even though the system was the same with a change in dynamic, and they had a little bit of change in dynamic. I mean, they swapped one number 18 for another, have a change on their offensive line, a change at the second tight end position. But the point is, like that you made, is the returning group is pretty much the same. I do think that every team is going to make adjustments in the offseason, additions, things like that, you know, particularly things that maybe they don't want to show in the preseason. So we've made some adjustments in the offseason. I'm sure they have. We didn't wake up, you know, yesterday morning and dust off the exact same game plan for the playoff game, and I'm sure they haven't done that either. Well, they're one of the few teams that actually employs a fullback, you know, so they do run some two-back sets. You'll see probably six different personnel groups with us matching what they do offensively. They use two tight end packages. They use two back packages. They have two backs where it's two halfbacks, not a fullback. They have four wide packages, you know, the traditional three wide, um, extra offensive linemen. Substitutions, personnel matching was a big part of the game we played the last two years against them. I would expect the same thing to be in this game. On Atlanta's side, the Falcons understand very well that they are playing the defending Super Bowl champions, a team they came close to beating in the playoffs one season after nearly winning the Super Bowl against New England. The Falcons are experienced, talented, and extremely well coached. Atlanta head coach Dan Quinn held a conference call with Philadelphia reporters earlier in the week and addressed a number of topics, starting with the quarterback position. Before Foles was officially announced as the starter, Quinn understood that Atlanta had to prepare for the offense, not just Carson Wentz or Nick Foles. You know what? It's a question I've been asked this week down our way as well, so I totally get that. You know what we're going to do? We're going to prepare for the offense. Both guys have shown they have, uh, you know, full command of everything. So when you go back, and you can probably appreciate this, when you start, you know, the first game of the season, uh, you got to go back through the whole season. And so what I saw was two guys really running it at a high level. Are there small tweaks that could take place? Yeah, but by and large, I thought both guys did a really good job of handling the whole thing. So more than anything, that's out of our control. So we're just going to do our best to get our preparation right and really make the preparation about us. Like the style was so drastically different. In other words, if there was a, you know, one that just scrambled all over the place, probably if we were back in the day and we were having this conversation between Jaws and Randall, we might have that discussion. But these two guys are really equipped to run it in a similar fashion. So to me, in this instance, not. But I recognize, hey, it's all part of the gamesmanship and uh, not wanting to tip. But all we can do is control what we can, and that's getting ready for the offense. And uh, whoever they, you know, put out there, including if it happened to be either, you know, we got to be prepared and ready to rock. Handling the Eagles' run-pass option attack, one that had so much success in last year's playoffs, is the challenge for Atlanta's defense, says Quinn. Well, I think it's a big topic, you know, around the league. So as we went into it, they're not the only club that does this. And they're not even the only club, in, you know, that we see in the NFC that does this. So I think like most things, it's one of the topics this year that's on a lot of people's minds. What I saw was really good execution by both of the quarterbacks in terms of making decisions of what to do. When you talk about the option piece of it, you know, usually talking about a, a leverage of a defender. Okay, do I see a linebacker run? Do I rip the pass in there? Do I see the linebacker sitting back, hand it off? So uh, what I did 
did see from them is they're equipped at it. Our offense, like a lot of others, have had that as part of it. So I would say we definitely worked through some of it uh, during the year. But I think it's a bigger topic around the nation and certainly from, uh, from your guys' side as well. Remember how close it was against Atlanta last year? A 15-10 win for the Eagles with the defense making a final goal line stand? Quinn sure remembers. I saw it, you know, enough like everybody did to, uh, you know, realize uh, when our opportunities come, we got to nail them. You know, when you don't, there are consequences for it. Like most games, it doesn't usually come down to one, and that one, it came down to, you know, we certainly had other shots at the end zone as well. But uh, I never, you know, get disappointed when, you know, we got Matt thrown to Julio. Those are usually uh, good uh, endings. And that one, it wasn't. uh, But at the end of it, you know, I got to give credit to them too. Playing defense, playing standing up down there, those are good competitive battles. And uh, that's kind of what you should expect from two good teams. Now, Atlanta is ready and loaded for a deep playoff run in 2018. Well, I think, number one, uh, when we added some guys to the group, you know, what specific roles would they have? We've certainly done that at some different spots. We felt like we really needed to add some speed on our special team side of things. We've done that. We love the addition of Ridley, you know, into our offense. That feels good. We wanted to add some more depth at the defensive line spot and add another couple guys inside. We thought that for sure was a big part of it. We added a guard in the offseason named Brandon Fusco. So both these teams are very good line of scrimmage teams. I think that's probably one of the, the fights within the fight, so to speak. Both you know, guys have really good centers, good backs, good offensive lines, good defensive lines that can run and have rushers. So uh, I felt like that might be you know, kind of the game within the game, so to speak. What was Quinn's perspective on the Eagles' Super Bowl success last season? Well, how could you not love it? Well, I think, number one, you know, they beat us and we tip our hat to them. You know, close contested game, just as you'd expect, you know, playoff games to be. And then it kind of erupted from there and they threw, you know, one hell of a championship game and really executed big plays, explosive plays, turnovers, you know, kind of the perfect storm of stuff to play a game like that. And then I thought their, you know, ability to to match and go for it in a big game and take chances, you know, really showed the confidence of the team uh, of what they stood for. So, you know, I certainly came away impressed. I couldn't have been more impressed from full standpoint to step in for a guy who is having a year like Carson. But that usually happens, you know, on good teams where another guy can step up and uh, other guys uh, are able to do their job in the same fashion. They didn't have to do anything extra. They just had to do what they do really well. So I came away impressed for sure. Obviously, it's going to be an historic night on Thursday. The Eagles will unveil the Super Bowl championship banner at Lincoln Financial Field. The emotions will be high. The entire nation will be watching. A season is underway. And then it all boils down to the game. The Eagles had to get their roster in order over the weekend, trimming from 90 players to 53, and then establishing a practice squad. I had a chance to sit down with Howie Roseman to talk about a roster that, as we all know, is extremely fluid and subject to change every week of the season. Here is Roseman exclusively talking about the initial 53-man roster. Welcome, everyone. Eagles insider Dave Spadaro with Executive Vice President of Football Operations and President of Eagles Namaste, Howie Rose. I got the Namaste in. So you guys don't know about the Namaste, but it's been really a very important part of the success here. Yes, we do yoga on Thursday mornings during the season, and Dave Spadaro sits right across from me, and we constantly motivate each other, and we laugh, and we have a good time, and uh, it's a beautiful thing. Hey, uh, rostered with injuries, with suspension, short week. How tough was it? Yeah, it was more complicated than normal because, you know, our role is to make sure the coaches have the 46 they need to win. And so when we have other obstacles with that, because the roster is a little bit in flux early in the season, you know, we were a little non-traditional with our position allocations. 
and it will be for the first couple of weeks of the season like normal it will be a situation where it's fluid that's our job to continue to improve our roster and so we'll look for opportunities to do that but for us uh, letting a lot of guys go that we have connections to which is a hard day but we'll be totally focused on thursday and can't wait can't wait to get in front of our fans again and start the season. It's going to be it's great, great, right? Yeah. So unbelievable. Yeah. All right, a couple of players fans I know want to know about. Signed late, it shows that every roster spot means something and that preseason games mean something. DeAndre Carter makes this football team. We stand up in front of our players the first day, and uh, you were in that meeting, mm -hmm. Dave, and we tell them we picked all of you. You know, every single one of you was chosen, and DeAndre was with Joe Douglas and Andy Weidel as an undrafted free agent in 2015 in Baltimore, and uh, we worked him out, and every day he made a play. We get a chance to go back. Our video department does an unbelievable job putting these cut-ups together, and you can watch every team period for every player and watch every target for every player and the guy just kept making plays and so uh, we got to go with what our eyes see and he deserves it. All five draft picks make the team. We've talked a lot about Dallas Goddard this year, a lot about Jordan Malata this year. Prior, what did Matt show you from the time he got here to the end of preseason? Yeah, I think one, he's a mountain of man. I mean, he's got the versatility play inside or out. We've had success with getting TCU guys and getting them in Coach Stallone's room and developing. Uh, he's got good feet. He's got good power. Again, we talked about his versatility, and so it's hard to find offensive linemen, and we're excited about both of our late-round picks, offensive linemen. Last year, I think eight offensive linemen, 10 this year, so you really got a lot of depth to work with in a league that doesn't have, as you say, many offensive linemen. There's no doubt. That's part of our thinking here. It's hard to find. You know, we don't want to downgrade any other position, but it's hard to get into November and December and say, hey, I need a guard, I need a tackle. You know, Where can I find a guy like that? Um, whereas some other positions, maybe you have an opportunity to do it. So protecting the quarterbacks always under more priority, and so sometimes you got to show it with action. So Richard Rodgers hurt at tight end for week to week, says Coach Doug Peterson. Joshua Perkins, how he, uh, what kind of player is he? What do fans need to know about him? He was a guy that our scouting staff had targeted as a future signing. He's got versatility, he's a former wide receiver. He can play special teams. He can run routes, he can separate. He gives good effort as a blocker. And so it's another position that's hard to find in the league. Tight ends are hard to find in the league. And obviously you talked about Richard being week to week. And so we just want to make sure that we're covered there, not only from an offensive perspective, but also on special teams. You know, having enough of those body types for Coach Fifth to be able to do what he wants. All right, safety, you kept Trey Sullivan, and then we find out that you traded for DeAndre Hall. First Sullivan, and then if you could tell us a little bit about Hall. Yeah, Trey's made his mark in the preseason on special teams, and uh, he was with us on the practice squad last year, and he's continued to grow. At the same time, he's got to continue to grow as he's here, and we talk about those back-end spots. We're constantly evaluating everyone, and DeAndre, he had an incident. You know, we feel good about our research and our background information on him. Again, you know, there are things that you have to make sure that you symbolize when you're a Philadelphia Eagle, and we'll make sure that works. But he's a guy who has corner background at safety. Chicago was deep at that position. They've spent five draft picks in the middle rounds on that position, and obviously they traded some draft picks away. So we'll bring him in here. Joe Douglas, again, was with them in 2016 when they drafted him. He was a guy that we spent a lot of time on in the draft, and we'll evaluate him as he comes in next week. Last guy who may be a little bit of an unknown for fans, Leroy Reynolds, linebacker. Again, wasn't an early signing in free agency, but has done enough to make this roster. Where does he fit in? 
Yeah, Leroy Reynolds, for our fans, the playing temperament he has, think about a Nigel Bradham type on special teams. He is relentless, uh, he throws his body around, uh, he's a physical player. We really think that he's gonna bring an edge to our special teams, and he's also played on defense. You know, he can back the ball all three spots, and so we're excited about what he adds to our team and one of the pleasant surprises here in the summer. So six rookies, six draft picks from last year still in the roster, good mix of young and experienced. So you feel great about things. I'm excited to go play, but yeah. our job is always feel oh, like well. there's more. One thing you can take to the bank, Howie Roseman is not done. We thank you so much for joining us. Good luck on Thursday if we don't speak before then. And thanks so much for joining us here. Are you excited for Thursday night? Because I'm not really feeling excited. When I get there, I will be excited. Let's have a great evening. Yeah, man. Thursday, it all begins at Lincoln Financial Field. Howie Roseman, thanks so much for joining us. One of the players that Roseman mentioned, wide receiver DeAndre Carter, originally joined the NFL in Baltimore in 2015 as an undrafted rookie. He has been involved with 15 transactions already in his career, so Carter knows that nothing is permanent in this league. We spoke in the locker room, so here is a chance to get to know Eagles wide receiver DeAndre Carter. What's this whole experience been like? How would you put it into words? Surreal. It's been a long time coming. I'm excited, you know, to get here, get the season started, be a part of the team. You know, obviously a big moment for my family and things like that. And I'm ready to get to work. Crazy journey, the NFL, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of ups and downs in this league. You just got to stay with it. It never happens when it's supposed to. How did you keep your confidence up through the ups and the not-so-ups? Confidence wasn't always up. You know what I mean? It gets shaky. You know what I mean? You start to question yourself sometimes. But I feel like once you continue and you keep working and you put in the work, and then you go, you know, like, I know I can play. You know, I know I can play in this league. Just have to get in the right situation. It's a lot of factors. It's the offense. It's the quarterbacks. It's the coaching. It's how they teach you. I mean, it really has to all come together. So did it feel right from the beginning when you came to Philly? I mean, I, I loved it from the moment I got here. Love the offense. You know, the way Coach Peterson has put it together. Concepts and everything is, you know, I love it. I feel like, you know, it gives receivers a lot of opportunity to make plays. I knew it was the right fit. You know, got in, learned the playbook, and went from there. Have you always been a quick learner in everything? Yeah, you know, I kind of pride myself on being a football smart guy. So, you know, I pick up offenses pretty quick. So tell me about your preseason and what you proved to yourself, if anything. Maybe you were just proving it to the Eagles. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, confidence is a big thing. You know, I always felt like I could play in this league, you know, given an adequate opportunity. You know, I appreciate the Eagles for giving me that. You know, got me an opportunity to get out there and, you know, show what I can do and, you know, get some balls thrown my way and, and make some plays. You know, it was really great. It was a great feeling. How was the Thursday night, Friday into Saturday for you? Restless? Restful? Oh, it was long. He was bossed up. He knew he was going to make the yeah. team the whole time. <laughs> my dog, Mike Wallace. But uh, Friday was kind of long. You know, went by slow. And then Saturday, you know, they didn't make the roster final till like, Four o'clock, you know what I'm saying? So when everybody was already here. When and everybody was here and everything. So, uh, you know, nervous walking around on eggshells a little bit. But, uh, you know, when it happened and I found out, Doug told us, you know, I was very excited. And now you're here. It's harder, they say, to stay here than to make it here. Definitely. Is that your mindset? Yeah, definitely. It's always harder to get in, so it's harder to stay in. I mean, it's a day-to-day grind. you got to earn the right to be here every single day, uh, every hour of every day. And that's kind of the approach, you know, I've took through camp. You know, I've taken my whole life. It's one day at a time, and you got to make the most every opportunity that you have, you know, to make plays. Now we got practice all week, and then we got a very, very good opponent, and the Falcons coming in on Thursday. And we got to get ready for that game. So, you know, it's one day at a time. Get on top of the game plan and get ready to go make plays. And you're just, so you're just prepared for everything? Prepare for everything. Whatever they ask me to do, I'll be ready. Will tonight be your best? It's Sunday night. Will it be your best night of sleep? Yeah, I slept pretty well after I found out everything. But, you know, go get some sleep tonight. Get ready to come back tomorrow and put another day of work in. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.
How about some national perspective on the Eagles and this opener and everything that is going on with the Eagles? We've got you covered. ESPN South Antonio has been around the NovaCare complex a lot since the Super Bowl win, and he shares some of his thoughts on the opener and the big picture of this football team in this week's Press Pass. Sal Palantonio, how much does it matter who the quarterback is at this point? I don't think it matters at all. I think he got the Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles. We all saw how he played against the Atlanta Falcons last year in the division game. Completed nearly 77% of his passes. Uh, That was a completely different team. I realize that. But I still think that this Eagles team matches up very well against the Atlanta Falcons. We also have seen Nick Foles struggle in the preseason, causing some alarm in Philadelphia, as you know. Should fans be concerned about that? No, I don't think so. I think you're seeing him out there without the full complement of his first team offense. So that's one. Two, they weren't game planning offensively. There were definitely some moments where he looked lost, like tripping in the end zone that was on him for sure. I thought both of the inner interceptions that he threw against the Browns, you know, to me, he could have avoided. So the bottom line is that Nick goes up and down. We know that about him, but I'm not concerned about the quarterback position, and I don't think people should be. So how challenging will the opener be with the banner ceremony, with all the hoopla? How difficult will it be for the Eagles to come out and kind of flip that switch and be ready for the opener? I don't know, because this is uncharted waters for this team and for this franchise, you know? Never been in a position in this town to be the defending Super Bowl champs. So it'll be a totally electric atmosphere. Again, they match up well against the Falcons. I think that's really important to emphasize to people. The Falcons came in here, and if the ball doesn't hit Brian Brayman's us, the Falcons probably don't even score a touchdown in that football game. That gave him a very short field to work with. So let's look at the first matchup that I would look at in this game is Jim Schwartz, a defensive coordinator, very inventive, very diabolical, understands what it takes to shut down an offense like the Falcons, which in my view is not very inventive. So I think that puts the Eagles at a very big advantage in this game. So you love the Eagles defense in this matchup against the Atlanta offense. Can you kind of go into a little bit more depth? Is it all what the Eagles do up front and the combination of Schwartz? Boy, they've got Jordan Hicks back in the line. I mean, this, yeah, defense looks pretty good. Yeah, it does. But if you look at the starting seven, David, from the Eagles front seven against the Falcons in a divisional matchup, to this front seven, there's only one returning starter, and that's Fletcher Cox. That's it. There are six new players there. So we don't really know exactly how they are going to react in this circumstance against the Falcons. But the Falcons only scored 10 points in that game. Matt Ryan was sacked three times. The Eagles fumbled four times and lost twice. So my three keys to that game are very simple. Again, be disruptive up front and get in Matt Ryan's face, especially up the middle. Two. Don't turn the football over. And three, offensively, I think the schematics are very simple against the Falcons. You can control the middle of the defense against them. Their defense is okay. It's not great. I think the key to them offensively, the Eagles, is Mike Wallace. If Mike Wallace can lift the top off of the defense and the team can control the middle of the field with the two tight ends, I think he's going to see big games out of Ertz, Goddard, and Clement. So attack the middle of the field. Attack the middle of the field, but have somebody as a diversion to keep the safeties occupied deep. This offense interesting now with Darren Sproles back in the mix with Goddard, who I would think is an upgrade over Trey Burton, pure tight end, with Jason Peters back at left tackle. Sal, do you think the Eagles come out roaring offensively early? with the new pieces? I don't. I think it's going to take some time because they haven't had everybody on the field during preseason. This will be a really important week of practice, having Clement, Jay Ajayi, 
Jason Peters starting at left tackle. Goddard, they'll practice some of the two tight end sets. They'll go back to the run-pass option that worked for Nick Foles in the postseason last year. Remember, first half, not so good. Second half against the Falcons, very, very good. We still don't know exactly what switch was flipped halftime against the Falcons, but it was flipped, David, and they had a really strong second half offensively. In this NFL copycat league, defense always seems to come out ahead eventually. What will defenses do? I talked to Doug Peterson earlier in the show about it. The RPO, what adjustments will defenses make, and what will that force offenses to do? I don't know. It's interesting because the RPO is one of those things where, you know, the quarterback can adjust to what the defense is doing. So that's why I say we'll have to see what the Falcons and other teams present to Nick Foles and the Eagles offense. You know, the RPO is all about making sure that you have options at the quarterback position. And I think Doug Peterson will build options into the game plan for Nick Foles or Carson Wentz. Big picture, Sal, of the Eagles. Is this team as equipped to repeat as any team you can remember? How difficult will it be? I know, come I on, I'm getting excited. I hate the word repeat. I, I think they'll repeat as division champs. First time since 2003-2004. I think they will repeat as division champs, and I got them winning 12 football games this season. I really do. I think they are the superior, talented team within the division. And then, you know, you get into the tournament, the playoff tournament in January, and literally anything can happen. We see it all the time. So let's see them win the division. Let's see them get home field uh, throughout, and then they can control their destiny. You complete the sentence. By December, Carson Wentz will be the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles and be a candidate for MVP. VP of the league. So coming back from the knee injury, he'll be right back on track eventually. I think so. Yes, I really do. I don't know when that's going to happen, but you know, to me, it's all about long-term for Carson Wentz. Next 10 years. That's the most important thing. All right, last one, Sal. Pre-game ceremony on Thursday night. Describe how you think it's going to feel at Lincoln Financial Field. We've never been here before, David. We just don't know, but I think it's going to be super electric and fun. Yeah, and it's going to be... Um, Something, I guess, to remember. But then you've got to look right back into that 2018 season. Three straight, three announced. What happens to the fans? Yeah, I don't know. See, the thing is that there's the fans, obviously, and then there's the players, and then there's the organization. So there's going to be, you know, 50% celebration and 50% anticipation. Sal, thanks so much. Thank you, David. Now it's time for the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles in his 42nd season in the radio broadcast booth. Merrill Reese, this is the Merrill Minute. Over the past 42 years, I've gone through a lot of opening games, and always there is a great feeling of anticipation. There is a great feeling of excitement, but nothing, nothing has ever felt like this. These are the Super Bowl champions, and this is the night when the banner commemorating their great win on February 4th will be lowered. And this whole city has been rocking already. You can feel the tension build all week, but it will reach an absolute apex at 8.20 on Thursday night. What do we expect? It's difficult to say because although these are the Super Bowl champions, there are missing pieces from last year's team. And there are new players coming to take those spots. It's going to be very interesting. And it's great that the Eagles are opening the season against a legitimate playoff contender. What a night it will be. I can't wait. Finally, on this Eagles Live podcast, we pay tribute to an Eagle forever. Tight end Brent Selleck, formerly retired from the NFL after 11 seasons with the Eagles. A fifth-round draft pick in 2007, Selleck played his way onto the team's active roster and made himself into one of the league's best 
pass-catching tight ends. In his third season in 2009, Selleck contributed 76 receptions for 971 yards and six touchdowns and remained a threat in the passing game for a few years after that. But the game changes, and roles change too. When the Eagles selected Zach Ertz in the second round of the 2012 NFL Draft, Selleck became more of a second option at tight end as a pass catcher. Instead, he worked himself into one of the NFL's best in-line blocking tight ends and one of the most beloved Eagles for his toughness, durability, leadership, and team-first attitude. It is only fitting that his career ended with a Super Bowl triumph. We pay tribute to Brent Selleck through the years. But that back. Selleck's got a first down. Selleck's down to the Broncos, 42. Oh, Brent Selleck having a day. Lucky. He floats it. Complete. Good. Play with the football of Selleck. At the 20. At the 15. 10-5. Touchdown! Brent Selleck. Back to Brent Selleck in a crowd. And it is complete to Selleck for a touchdown. Firing. At the flip. Selleck at the 10. At the 5. He's in for the touchdown. And it has gone up to the 40 and taking a hard hit of selling. I love this. He gets hammered and he gets up and he gives you his first down motion. McNabb back again. He's looking. He is firing. Diving reception. Brent Selleck down at the 25. Brent Selleck down at the 25 yard line. What a catch. What a catch by Brent Selleck. What a game this has turned into. Vic. Takes the snap, he's back. He's looking. He floats it. Complete. Good. Play with the football of Seller. At the 20. At the 15. 10-5. Touchdown! Brent Seller! The old warrior can still do it. Nice job, Brent Seller, going up and taking the football. Touchdown, Seller. And what an answer from Philadelphia. He is throwing it deep for the end zone, and it is batted around. And the game is over! The game is over! The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions! Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you! Let the celebration begin! That will do it for this Eagles Live podcast. Now it's time for the regular season to begin. The opener is one that could have major playoff implications later in the season. So yeah, it's a big time way to begin the year. Thanks to Brian Thomas for his work on the Eagles Live podcast. And thanks to you for tuning in. If you are attending Thursday's game, remember to be in your seats early to enjoy the pregame festivities. If you aren't going to the game, we've got what you need with our live coverage on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the official Eagles app all day and all night on Thursday. And a reminder, we're back on Thursday night, late in the night, early Friday morning, with our Eagles Live podcast instant reaction following the Eagles opener against the Atlanta Falcons. I'm insider Dave Spadaro saying, have yourselves a great Eagles day and fly, Eagles fly. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!